The first weekend that we opened, they were queued down the street. And June and I just kept looking at each other and like, what's going on? Welcome to Tough Times, Tougher City, a podcast presented in partnership with Belfast City Council, featuring local businesses that have started, scaled and pivoted during the pandemic. Episode one is with Karen and Jude from Murphy and Bailey, a luxury pet boutique on the Belmont Road in East Belfast. Stay tuned to hear why they started their business, what they've learned over the last 12 months and all the support and opportunities out there for people just like you to go out and do the same. My name is Matthew Thompson from Best of Belfast and my hope is that this series will remind us all that even though the times are tough, our city and the people in it are even tougher. Let's go. So something that we're trying to figure out in this series is, I guess, kind of like the backstory to people before they start their businesses. Before we get to the point of you two meeting and your worlds colliding, what had you been up to kind of until that point where you bumped into each other, you know, in a park or wherever it was? Yeah, so I have worked for BT from my early 20s. I started in one of the original call centers in Belfast in Apollo Road and just really took to business life. I worked there for a couple of years. Then I spent some time out in India, building their kind of Indian call centers and and footprint out in Delhi. And then I did the last four years in, in global services. So a lot of traveling, a lot of Zoom calls, conference calls, <laughs> that type of thing. So so very much corporate life for me over the last kind of 20 years. So you were Zooming before it was cool then, yeah? I was, yeah. Early adopter. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jude, what about yourself? Yeah, so I started really early as well. I think I joined the bank when I was, when I was 19. So um, that's coming on 27 years now, or by the time I leave in June, it will be over 27 years. So yeah, I started working in uh, one of the Donegal Place branch, which is now Marks and Spencers. And I've just moved around various different roles within within there in different departments. And then where I ended up was in the business development team. So that's been, that was kind of my, my perfect job there because you're just chatting to people all day, meeting lots of different businesses, just trying to get to understand how they all operate, how they run, what their issues are, what we can maybe do to help. Um, and that I really enjoyed actually. So so very much a kind of corporate life and corporate world as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Fascinating. So, I mean, tell me the story then of how do you two meet? Because, you know, I guess, Karen, with you flying all over the world, the chances of that happening at certain points of the timeline <laughs> were a little bit difficult. Yeah, I mean, the times when I was working from home, obviously, I have a dog. In fact, I have two now, but at that time I had a dog, Murphy, um, and just lived across the road from Belmont Park. So convenience wise at 7.30 in the morning or about four or five in the afternoon you know it's handy to just nip across the road so I would have been in that park twice a day every day that I was working from home um, and that is is basically how I met Jude and then our dogs Murphy and Bailey got on brilliantly and <laughs> that's kind of how it started. I mean I, I love that idea of like the dog community I, I'm gonna be honest my only real experience of it was um, in New York and in Brooklyn and places like that where I see like you know people are really 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 into it I didn't know that that also happened in Northern Ireland is there like a big 
dog culture like that, Jude? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to piece it all together. Yeah, well, there, there would be, um, I suppose, any any park, whatever's going to be your local park, you, you will see the same faces all the time. I, I remember when I first got Bailey, I would have been taking him to the park just as a, as a little baby puppy, all good crack. Um, and I thought whenever I got him, I, I must ask the the owners of the dogs their name because what you do is you know you go up to someone and you're like oh you're so cute what's your name oh oh this is Billy oh this is Murphy and then like you suddenly realize you've been talking to this person for pretty much two years and you've no idea what their name is you just know the dog's name and then it's like oh it's Bella's mom but uh, yeah I'm sure every every local park has its community and that's interesting because it's now also then trickled out into an online space and you know you, you have people who have Instagram for their dogs and there's a whole kind of online dog community as well. Talk to me a little bit about that world. Yeah, that, that, is, that is a world that is growing. It's, it's not a world that uh, I probably knew an awful lot about. I'm not brilliant on the old social media, but we find in, in, this, in the store now the number of dogs um, that people will want you to tag the dog's Instagram rather than, than mm. their own. But I mean, Karen would have been on the ball way before. I mean, Murphy's got, I'm sure it's over 3,000, is it now, Karen? Oh, dog influencer, bring it on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's it's that sad day when your dog has quadrupled the amount of followers you do and he's only had an account for six months. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it it's it certainly it, certainly even from the business perspective, you know, Instagram and Facebook have both been very powerful for us. So um, as Jude says, you know, both the dogs had their own Instagram account and you know, certainly a couple of years ago, I dabbled with blogging for Murphy and things sort of pre-shop. It was all kind of working up to our online business and things. And and the more you do, the more contacts you make and the bigger that you see it is, you know, I mean, certainly in the States, there have been people blogging and doing podcasts about their dogs, with their dogs, in their dog businesses, you know, for years. We are we're definitely a bit behind that but at the same time you know I've seen some UK accounts and businesses dog focused grow from a couple of hundred followers to you know 130,000 followers in the matter of a couple of years and and definitely even if you watch TV these days the number of adverts there are that have dogs in them that starts your dog barking those dogs bark you know the, the amount of dog programs we've just had pooch perfect on bbc you know a program about dog grooming who knew that would be a reality series so you know the whole social media side of it the the facebook groups um etc even the twitter accounts for dogs and cats is just massive yeah it's funny like i I used to watch um come outside whenever i was a kid it's a show with (laughs) aunt mabel who flew in the plane and she had the wee dog pippin and i just was thinking the other day i was like mate if that show aired today like pippin would be like a massive influencer (laughs) but i mean what i love so much about your guys' story is you know like on paper you're kind of living the dream that every granny has for the grandchildren's life you've got a great job you're steady you've got nine to five you've got a great career behind you and i imagine there was just like a a lot of eyebrows raised of why are you guys giving up this life that you've built yourselves to start a pet business like what is that all about like what was it that gave you that um the push to kind of take that plunge and 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 really go for that well i guess for for me um you know probably eyebrows weren't raised quite as much as you might expect because people that would have known me 
known me well, certainly over the last couple of years in banking, a lot of the, the joy uh, and the crack had kind of gone from it, from doing the business development piece. And people just would have seen that there wasn't quite the same fire that I would have had before. But that was coming on the back of, let's call it a, a pretty crappy decade, to be fair. So my husband had MS and became very disabled over that kind of decade in the last sort of five years were particularly difficult and then when he ultimately died I just went through that you know what's the point in all this you know do something that makes you happy and also then I didn't have responsibility for anybody else I've no children um other than the dogs that's the that's the only (laughs) responsibility really so it kind of made it a little bit easier there's there's no way had had I been in the same position with Andy being around and and so unwell like that you just could have done it it just couldn't couldn't have happened so so yeah that was really the the push for me I guess it's amazing and like so you both have the drive you both have the desire to do something different how do you then start to string an idea into a reality so I guess we started kind of the, the stepping stone was getting in touch with your local enterprise agency, which we did. So for us, that was East Belfast. So just got started on the Go For It program and went through that, which I suppose the tangible output from that was really taking the, the business plan that we'd been working on and, and giving us a, a finalized plan, I suppose, with with numbers, which we then tweaked with with that because there's there is no business just like ours um which is what everybody says when they come into the shop it's like wow (laughs) there is nothing like this store so we did that and then kind of the next stage there was a kickstarter program and well it was more a grant than than a program so that was good that we were able to get some uniforms also like some promotional goods and things like that just that we would be able to advertise when we were doing the markets and things still and then we got a, a, a crafting machine but that will do things like personalizing items so you know little doggy bandanas we did things for Halloween and um, just little slogans and now that we have the store open there are a couple of other things so we, we had applied for the COVID business recovery grant actually which came out probably not terribly long after we had had opened we had I guess the benefit of knowing that we were it was looking like we were going to be opening in the world of COVID so we we were able to take into account a lot of things and plan around that so hopefully this you know the store doesn't really feel like it's all the COVID stuff is an afterthought, mm. if you like. So so that's been good that we, we were able to get, um, use part of the grant for that to get our outside area sorted. There's a heating, patio, little awning, and then post-lockdown, people will be able to come out and have a takeaway coffee and sit there with their, their dog for a little while. So that was that was really beneficial for us on that um, that front. And then there's another one which we, we've applied for as well, which is the micro business e-commerce, which is just really helping the a lot of the businesses that kind of missed out before just on e-commerce capability and just really improving their, their web offering. So that is still open um, for applications as far as I know. So we're just waiting to, to hear back on that. So there has actually been a fairly varied and wide range of supports available to us which has been good it's great uh, talk to us about the the shop itself because you know i think whenever you think of a pet business you have a very specific image in your head of maybe things that you went to in the past or other offerings currently on the market 
like you know you walk into murphy and bailey and there's a coffee machine and there's all this sort of stuff so talk to us about that actual space I mean, when we started designing the store, we knew we wanted it to feel unique. So we visited stores in America, we visited stores in the UK, and, you know, we wanted it to be welcoming to our customers, which are primarily the dogs, (laughs) as well as the people. So it's quite a it's quite a modern feel. It's very bright. There's lots of color. There's lots of paw prints. There's a little dog dressing room, which is towards the back of the store. And it's kind of darker. There's a full length mirror. But it means a family or an owner and their dog can come down into kind of like a little private area at the back of the store. Not worry about other dogs coming in and out of the shop or other people and try on basically because you know all of us dog owners have bought many things online for (laughs) our dogs and then realized that they don't fit but um you know we have measuring tape here as well we can help with the fitting or you can just pop in and grab a coffee when you're walking past with your dog Mm. you know bring the dog in grab a coffee grab a giant cookie couple of treats for the dog and on you go on your walk i saw a, a cracker photo of um some of the dogs in the puffer jackets and the harland and wolf oh man it was just so so cool i was like that's next level for east belfast hounds <laughs> oh yeah i mean those those puffer jackets have have been a bit of a sensation this winter to be honest um we've gone through a whole myriad of colors um and we get photographs every day of people you know sending us snaps of their dogs in the puffer jackets um, but we've also got a range of goods that we basically sourced through Instagram, through connections, but that are all made in Northern Ireland. Mm. So whether that is, again, our own range. So we do our own candles and wax melts that are kind of pet odor eliminating. We have a lovely range of bandanas and soon to be um, toys and bow ties that we designed and they're printed by Lamont and Lurgan. So we have like Giant's Pawsway, Terrier Tannic, <laughs> Ulster Fry, Harland and Woof. And they go great then with the Hiker Hounds range that is made locally, which they have Belfast collars and North Coast collars and all of their other sets are made from climbing rope and named after local beaches and local mountains. And similarly with our dog food and dog treats, we source as much of it as we can locally as well. So whether it's Mackles and Dungannon, Taggarts and Ballymena, um, or Barking Bistro, Barking Bites up in, in Kilray, you know, we that's that's the food that we have in store primarily. So it's easy to get. It has been really interesting to see how you know, the local business community has come together. And I guess I just, I didn't know about how the, you know, the pet community has done so in that business world, but it's amazing to hear that it has. Yeah, there's been a a lot of support locally from from businesses, you know, and I think it's really nice to be able to to have that offering in store for things that have been sourced locally. And I think coming up to Christmas particularly, there was so much of a desire for people to shop local. Um, And we really, I suppose I was a little bit, surprised by that in a way um but i suppose then again why should i have been surprised you know because there's some absolutely brilliant artisans and crafters out there as well and it's, it's great to be able to to showcase that and some of the people that we're working with they maybe would have only 
maybe done some markets um, and maybe just selling on their, their own online or Instagram or Etsy or that sort of thing. And they've been supportive of us then as well, sending some of their customers or potential customers down to the store so that people can look and feel and smell um, the goods then. So it's it's been really nice to, to have that reciprocal support. It's great. Bit of a weird question, but I'm wondering if the pandemic brought about any extra opportunities that maybe you wouldn't have had otherwise of course there's a range of challenges but was there any was there anything on the flip side of that i feel just the the sheer levels of dog ownership so many people are working from home and intend to work from home i know that um and in the bank there were a number of surveys and things done you know for people working from home and, and did people want to work from home in future and I, I think it was something like 70% of people still wanted to have that flexibility and ability to work remotely you know so if that's indicative of a number of other businesses um, you know people will be spending more time at home and I think families then maybe felt that they had the the time to take a take a little puppy or a rescue dog into their into their world I think just that sheer volume of increased dog ownership um, has has really worked for us, I guess, you know, because people have their, have their new dog and they want to spoil their new dog. And there is like, is there a sense of, because um, I've been speaking to a lot of people in other different kind of markets, a sense of people are buying less, but they are prepared to buy better. So while they may not be buying as many things, they're prepared to spend more on the things <laughs> they do buy. Has that factored into anything you guys have done? Yeah, I think it has. I mean, I think because of lockdown and because we sell pet essentials, you know, there are a lot of businesses, unfortunately, that are not open in our vicinity. So therefore, if somebody is coming to go to one of the other shops, whether that be like a refill quarter or, you know, a supermarket or the butchers, um, they notice that we are open. And I feel instead of somebody just popping in and having a wander or buying a coffee, they then realize the extent of what's in store and end up walking away, probably having spent three times. Well, they probably didn't intend to spend anything when they first walked in, but then they're like, oh, wow, look at this, you know. Um, And definitely there is an air of people who feel they're not spending money on themselves they you know they don't need to buy new clothes because they're not going out anywhere they're not eating out the same so they might as well spend money on their dog which they're taking out every day and people are seeing in their nice new harness or their nice new coat or collar so you know there's definitely an increased willingness i think to spend both on dogs and cats i mean we do sell cat harnesses cat collars cat gifts and there's a lot of people coming in with again with new new kittens or looking to rescue a cat so i you know i think pet ownership in general has definitely had a a big boost during this pandemic and i think as well like even beyond that pet ownership has played a really important role in people's well-being during the pandemic Absolutely. Getting getting out and about in the fresh air with um, your dog is just, it's been a lifesaver for, for a number of people. And especially if you go to talk to someone. Mm. So if you have a dog, it's perfectly normal to like strike up a Absolutely. conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you talk to someone without a dog, they think you're literally mad. So <laughs> and we'll cross the road. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a, that's a really good, really great perk, actually. I never, never thought of it in that way. Um, what has been your greatest 
highlight of your business journey so far? I mean, I think for me, it was like, it was like the first weekend that we opened and they were queued down the street. And June and I just kept looking at each other and like hysterically laughing, (laughs) going, what's going on? You know, we couldn't quite believe that what we were witnessing because I mean, we genuinely had no idea like what we would make in a day or how many people would visit in a day or whether or not they'd buy anything in the shop. And to just experience that, you know, that first weekend, which, you know, because thankfully, well, certainly up to Christmas, you know, every weekend has been a real joy. We've had, you know, queues most Saturdays, the Sunday afternoons coming up to Christmas and everybody's feedback has just been so positive and so lovely and and everyone has wished us well and been so glad to see us on the road um all the traders have been so supportive local traders around here but it but it was just that oh my god not only have we done it but people love it and people are queuing to get Mm. in what about the flip side of that then you know because let's be honest there always is that other side I suppose there were a couple of challenges at the start. We had identified a different premises and we're working towards that. It had a few challenges, just there were going to be things with planning permission and, you know, fire issues and all that sort of stuff. And then COVID hit. So literally we're, we're probably, I don't know, six months behind where we had wanted to be because that whole COVID thing just took the wind out of everybody's sails, really. And then obviously we, we ploughed on just with a, a different property I suppose for me that the the downsides are because I'm still working full-time in another in another role I feel that I can't really fully throw myself into our new baby you know which is a bit frustrating I guess at times you know and I feel that I'm not getting Karen kind of the full support that I would like to be doing but like we'll we'll work through it it's everything will will pass so it's only a matter of matter of a few few months now so absolutely yeah, I mean, I think we're still we're like we're learning every day, right? There's so yes, we both business backgrounds, but it's it's all very different. To actually, you know, running your own business, stocking a store, whether and that's everything from paper cups to cookies <laughs> to collars to coasters, you know, <laughs> and I I think we're there's still a lot of time where I feel. And I think we both feel there aren't enough hours in the day, as in we know through experience that we do need to take some time for ourselves and we do need to walk the dogs and we can't be talking about the business 24-7. You know, we need to take a Sunday afternoon off or whatever that happens to be. But at the same time, there's always that nagging. I, I need to order more stock. I need to be doing social media. I need to be doing that grant application. I need to be writing a blog. I need, you know, there's all the things that you could be doing that could be making, you know, developing a new product, getting that organized. And we put ourselves, I think, under quite a lot of pressure to, you know, to try and keep things buzzy and, and interesting and all the rest so that we can, you know, grow our customer base. So I think we just need to learn how to manage that as as we move forward um, and continue our our plans for Murphy and Bailey. Wow, that that was uh, almost like a mind reading move because my next question is, what are your plans for the next twelve months? You know, uh, where do you where do you Not. see Murphy and Bailey being? You know, even in a year's time. 
I mean, we're still discussing this ourselves. As Jude said there, you know, it is early days. We kind of opened just before half term and then rolled straight into Christmas and then, you know, into a lockdown in January where we're kind of the only thing open. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure we've yet to get a true sense of how the business will operate in a normal environment. So when lockdown's over and we can open up the outdoor area, et cetera, and operate as a normal business. But, you know, if people love it and we certainly enjoy it, there's possibilities certainly for new products that we're working on um, and potentially for for other stores in the future. Um, but at the minute, I don't know, I'll not speak for Jude, but at the minute, I'm just happy to have the doors open in this one. It's mm, great. Um, what would you say your biggest business lesson has been since, you know, that day that you uh, decided to, to really go for it and start the business? I, I think, I think for me, there's a couple. I mean, one is probably the power for a new business startup. I think don't underestimate the power of preparation. <laughs> you know, in a corporate life, it was very easy, and I was the worst in the world for it. I made a lot of gut decisions. You know, it was it had to be done on the spur of the moment, there and then, on a phone call. Do this, do that, do the other having the luxury to prepare properly for a business startup and understand your market, understand your customer, understand how many co coffees you're going to sell or what your footfall is, etc. Now, it wasn't perfect, but we spent so much time talking about it, reading about it and talking to other people about it that actually I feel we nearly had, we had quite, we had very realistic expectations nearly to the point where we had worst case scenario, everything, you know, we'll probably only sell this. We'll probably only do that. You know, we might be lucky if we do this. So we had kind of built everything around that. And luckily, you know, because of the location, because of the pandemic, because of the stock we have or whatever, we have exceeded those expectations and delivered more than we originally thought we would. And I think when, when Karen's saying there about, you know, doing, doing a lot of stuff on, on gut, I probably would have fallen on the side of analysis paralysis. You know, <laughs> I probably would never have done it if it was just me. So I suppose that um, yin and yang uh, that Karen's just like, yeah, we're doing it. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, but yeah, we, we, we were very realistic about what we could potentially do or what we needed to do, I guess, to, to break even on that. So. Um, so yeah and for, for me I suppose the, the the learn I mean we were saying from day one you know it's very different stocking for a market stall which is two six foot trestle tables um, as opposed to a shop of a couple of thousand square feet um, you know so uh, it, it's the stocking and how quickly things sell and just understanding how long it's going to take to get product to you you know th there's a bit of fear of over ordering uh, you know, because like it's all money and when you start a business, you don't get credit, you know, so you're paying for everything up front. So it's really trying to work out what you're going to sell, how quickly you need to, to get it. So that's been a real learning curve, uh, which we're still learning. <laughs> Final question. Um, and this is the place where we're ending 
uh, all of these uh, episodes in the series. And it's just simply this, like, what would you say to people listening who are maybe on the fence about starting their own businesses or they have an idea and they're not really sure whether or not they should go for it? Like, what would you say to, to that person? I take it off the fence. <laughs> you know, you've got to be all in. You know, it. I feel the work you need to have, you need to have the passion. And we're we're both very different, but we both love our dogs. We love a good coffee. We love interacting with people. And, you know, we love the design of our store and having the store, etc. And we're both motivated by by working hard you know so to have that passion is is really important because if you don't get up and love what you're doing then you'll end up in the rut that well certainly I ended up in in my corporate life do you know what I mean it's so refreshing to get up again every morning and be excited about what's going to happen in your day and you never know because you never know who's going to walk through the door or send you an email or ping you on Instagram that day um, so, yeah, I'd say get off the fence, find that passion and drive and just enjoy every day. And then I would be, you know, saying prepare, prepare. <laughs> <laughs> yes, passion, all the peas. We're all about the peas. Yeah, right. um, yeah, but I would be saying, yeah, prepare. And I guess, you know, thinking back to our very early, early times, uh, you know, we talked to a lot of people. Um, a lot of different people that had their their own businesses and um, were not behind the door and telling us of all the problems that we were going to encounter. So mm-hmm. I guess if you're going into something with open eyes, that makes all the difference. It's amazing. Look, thank you so much for your time and um, good luck with everything going forward. Really, really enjoyed that. And I really appreciate you um, carving out some time in your business ownership schedule to talk to us. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you, Matt. So yeah, look, really hope you enjoyed that. Had an absolute blast doing it. And I really, really appreciate you listening all the way through to the end. To find out a bit more about the support and opportunities offered by Belfast City Council to help you start, scale or pivot your own business, please click the link in the description of this episode. We can also find out more about today's guest. Other than that, thanks so much for being here. My name is Matthew Thompson. And if you'd like to check out the other episodes in this series, along with over 200 interviews featuring incredible local people. You can do so at bestofbelfast.org. Thanks again, and have a great rest of your day.